Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew. And Matt. And today we are going to be talking about our playthrough of Disc 3 of Shenmue 1. It all ends here. This is it. Yeah. This is. There's nothing after Shenmue 1, is there? I don't think so. I don't think they ever got a sequel. <laughs> just which is very unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> well, though, yeah, there wasn't like there wasn't like 14 year wait between it or anything. <laughs> now you want to get started, Matt? Yeah, sure. Uh, we're just going to go through our random notes that we took while playing the disc, as usual. Um, this, this disc was way more action-packed than the first two. Uh, do you prefer it over the other two discs? or? Um, I find this one is the most roller coaster-paced. Yeah. Roller coaster-like paced. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, you have your driving your forklift... Uh, but then you have a lot of more action sequences as well. Uh, but I would say it's probably my favorite disc of the three, as weird as that sounds. No, that's fine. I mean, it's, some people like the more action. I, I kind of prefer the other two discs just for the laid-back atmosphere. Like, this one's way more structured. Yeah, you know what? I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna to renege on what I said there, because <laughs> this one is far more structured. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about that as near one of my last few points. You have way less freedom, but I can understand a lot of people probably like this one the best just because it's got the most fights. Um, Alright, so yeah, getting into specifics, getting into my notes here. Um, sometimes Ryo is pretty ruthless with his enemies. Uh, I think, I don't know exactly which thug it was, but one of them's like, I got a wife and kid, and I wrote here that Rio's like, that's your problem! <laughs> like, Rio, you're ruthless. ruthless. Um, my, my first note is, when you're kind of walking around um, looking for a job, I asked one of the workers at the port, and uh, he asked me how old it was told me how hard the job was, and told me to come back after I got a diploma. And I thought that was, like, pretty, I don't know, I don't want to say honorable, but, um, you know, oh, you get your education, this is a tough job, but, uh, you know, if you put in the time and effort... We don't take dropouts. Yeah. This is Japan. What are you thinking? <laughs> and then also, the, I think this has to be the funniest part of either of the two games, if you ask the homeless man about finding a job, mm. and he says, son, do I look gainfully employed? <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then come in, his, his reply also after that is, come and see me if you're interested in becoming homeless. Yeah, I love that. It's, There's some great it's lines. It's so, so unfortunate, but it's, it's oh my god, I was, I was actually laughing out loud when it <laughs> happened. It was so funny. Had you never talked to him in that instance before? I had I just didn't remember it, like what he said, and then the minute I did it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I never know who to talk to in the in the harbor. Like, there's only so many characters who will give you information. It's not like it's not like Dobuita. Like, uh, there's only like uh, Yuriko, I think, the lunch lady. Uh, there's Goro. There's I don't know if Tom ever gives you anything useful. And there's the old homeless guy, and there's Mark. And pretty much everyone else is useless. Like they don't give. Like if you, you're wasting your time asking them anything. 
Yeah, yeah, for the most part. You get a lot of, like, little hints about things, mm. um, but you don't necessarily get anything that's notebook-worthy um, mm. that Rio jots down. Yeah. Um, it is, I did see some things in Dobuita that I hadn't really noticed before. There's this whole thing with Kurdita from... Is he Water Dragon or is he Jupiter Jackets? What's No, he's like a military surplus store. Yeah. Uh, like, I didn't know he had like a whole relationship thread with Yuriko from the, the other flower shop. And like, if you keep out talking to them, you can follow their whole relationship. I just got to it where like they had just broken up because I had only talked to them about it in season th- or uh, disc three. But if you follow through disc one and two, there's a whole storyline you can follow there with their love affair. <laughs> I don't think I've ever encountered that. Yeah. And I used to, not so much in this playthrough, uh, but I used to talk to him a lot. Mm. He seems pretty chummy with Rio. He's, he's one of the more chummy guys. Um. Uh, um, when you go to Master Chen mm-hmm. to have the, not the move scroll, but the scroll you find in the dojo, mm-hmm. when you go there, he said you might meet the master who wrote the scroll. And I'm wondering if that's foreshadowing or not. I'm hoping it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was a little, little hint that when he said it, because this playthrough, I'm looking for stuff. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, not saying I'm not enjoying it, but I'm listening and being a bit more um, aware of everything that's going on. And the minute I heard that, I wrote it, I jotted it down. Um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, I thought I noticed it, noticed it was interesting that I don't know if it's because this is a smaller town or what, but like Japan's known for trains as mass transport, but Rio always takes the bus. I don't, maybe just trains don't go to the harbor. I guess maybe that would make sense for a train to go to the harbor. Maybe that's why. Um, I also encountered, and I don't know if I had ever done it before, uh, one of the days when you get home from the harbor, practicing in the dojo, but Fukusan is not there. Yeah, so it's just like the parking lot. It, yeah, it's just it's like training in the parking lot. And I don't know if I had ever, in any of my playthroughs, ever encountered that before. Um, I had gone back there to... Uh, I missed somehow the uh, move scroll in the basement, which we'll come back to at another point because that's something I want to. Mm. I gripe I have. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we get to meet Goro, who's a true bro. Oh, my. <sighs> Goro. <laughs> Every time my wife walked into me playing, Goro happened to be on the screen <laughs> and she loved it. <laughs> well, he's 90% of the game, isn't he? <laughs> he should be. <laughs> His, yeah, his voice actor is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just, he's kind of the, I think story, like, because you're at the harbor more often, he kind of takes the place of focus on a bit, mm. um, with kind of being that bit of comedic relief. Yeah. Uh, but, it's also creepy because he's dating a much younger girl. Yeah, how did we find out the ages of them? Do you just, are you guessing, or do we know it from the this character biographies? Uh, well, yeah, we can find them out in the character biographies, but Rio says something about her being way too young, and she said you can get married at 16. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we did meet Goro in the last disc. This is just the disc where like, he becomes like a true friend. He gets, where he's, he gets you your job and stuff. <laughs> he's patrolling, yeah. as he calls it. We're always skipping along after he gets engaged. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great touch, changing his walk animation. <laughs> um... 
I think it's after the first day of work. Um, the dream with Shenhua mm-hmm. um, and the moon. Yeah, it's very simple, short, little animation. Um, but I love every dream sequence in this game. Yeah, I they're think they're all, all done fantastically. Yep, fantastically well. I I wish he would like comment on them sometimes though, like react to them. He always wakes up the same way, even if he has a dream or if he doesn't. But yeah, that he uh, should be wondering what they mean. Like he always sees the specific girl. Yeah, you, you really never address it mm-hmm. um, in that game. When I met Goro about the job, he tells you to meet him at warehouse number one. Mm-hmm. And I was just walking through the harbor, and I met him. He, I was at warehouse number two, yeah. and I got the cutscene. Um, I it, think it might be because they're close together. Oh, okay. But I was nowhere uh, in front of <laughs> warehouse number one when I... Uh, Goro, I was trying to avoid you. <laughs> Um, there's some kid who kept wanting capsule toys from Rio, and I'm like, that kid's gonna have a gambling problem. Oh, he, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a good thing, as in previous episodes I mentioned, that there's no max bet button. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's probably a good thing for that kid. <laughs> um, after I met Goro, uh, he tells you to go to the office at 2pm. Mm. I immediately walked over at 12.16 You can still go PM, in? And I got the cutscene right away. What happens if you don't? If you don't go over two, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be... maybe the game just ends, <laughs> and you get the bad ending. Yeah, yeah. Landy shows up and takes your job instead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I'll drive that forklift." <laughs> I'll allow you to. I'll let... And he makes Rio like drive into the ocean or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll allow you to drive that forklift like a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a nice cutscene of uh, the cat. It got all better, and it was on the roof, and Nozomi had bought medicine for it, but I guess it didn't need it, because it was all better. I seem to remember in my previous playthroughs, the cat just disappeared at some point. I don't know if I ever saw, like, the conclusion of the cat thing until this time. Like, uh, like that, uh, what's her name? The, uh, the little girl, she's gonna adopt the cat. Megumi? Megumi, yeah. Yeah, I didn't, uh, after, like, the first stuff that's kind of mandatory mm. I didn't do any of the cat stuff this playthrough mm. but have you ever had that before where the cat just kind of disappears after a while when you were taking care of it because maybe you missed the cutscene or... I think that is one of the cutscenes where depending on like order of events that you do I think you can miss it okay um, I talked to I cut I got a cutscene um, where it's the scene where the homeless man mm-hmm. uh, when they're chasing him on the motorcycles I had three things happen at the exact same moment. I was talking to a guy who was in line at the lunch uh, stand where the lady sells the lunches. It was a conversation where, like, he says something and then it prompts me again to hit the A button. Mm-hmm. I said something to him. He said something back. It prompts me for the A button. Get the cutscene to turn to seven o'clock. Do 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 do. Then immediately after it cuts to seven o'clock, that conversation ended and the cutscene with the homeless man in the motorcycle started immediately. <laughs> so it literally went from. The conversation to a cutscene to an entirely different cutscene without me hitting a button. Wow. That happens sometimes when it goes to nighttime. You're like, oh, is it a cutscene? Oh, no, it's just nighttime. <laughs> yeah. Like a, I love the music when it turns nighttime. Have you, ever, have you heard the full thing? I think we, we had, you had it in one of the podcasts. Didn't no, you? probably, yeah. Um, speaking of weird occurrences like that, like I was saying before, the Yuriko and Kurita romance there. Uh, I went to see Kurita and he told me about his problems with Yuriko. Then I went to see Yuriko and she's like, Ryo, have you seen Kurita? And he's like, no. And I was like, uh, you were just there! <laughs> and uh, and Kurita said something about he wants to go on like a sabbatical and just leave. And he's like, Ryo, can you man my shop for me? 
And that's how the game ends, right? Yeah. You sell you. He starts selling jackets. And then Londi shows up. Surplus. He allows you to sell army surplus clothes like a warrior. <laughs> yeah. And then and, and then, then kills you. Then he closes the shop door on your neck. <laughs> um, I uh, what did you keep track of where you finished in each race each day? The first one I did first place. I was fourth place on the first day. Oh really? And then after that, I was like, I think there's five races in total. Yeah. So I was like, I might as well just try to get them all. So I went first place, second place, third, fourth, fifth to get I went, them all. I went fourth, then first, then second, then third, then uh, fifth. Yeah. You gotta go around like a like a dope to get that fifth, <laughs> fifth place one. <laughs> Uh, I tried to take a shortcut actually on that one. I was like, "What happens if I try to take a shortcut and then like my lap didn't count and I had to go around again?" <laughs> <laughs> I did have on I think the uh, day when I finished second, mm-hmm. I had a lap that was like fifty-four seconds even. It was pretty, pretty fast. Hmm. Um, I don't know what my record is. Oh. The first day of work when you're talking to Goro, mm-hmm. when Goro's like hunched over and he's got his hands on his knees talking, yeah. and when the camera pans out and Rio leans in and does the same pose to talk <laughs> back to him, I don't know why, but that scene, it makes me laugh every single time I see it. Because uh, it, it's so out of character, because Rio's a pretty rigid mm-hmm. rigid character, and he just leans in and it's pan- the camera's panned out, so you see them from like, like as if they're mirroring one another. Yeah. That is kind of out of character. Another time he's kind of out of character is, like, if you ever talk to the people he works with on his lunch break there, if you talk to them, they'll get into some, like, deep philosophical things. <laughs> like, love lives and, like, what are you going to do with your, your future and stuff. And Like, he really opens up to these five random dudes. I just played darts on my lunch. Oh, really? <laughs> Every day. Dart seven. Um, Phoenix Mirror Dream. After the first day of work, mm-hmm. um, pretty neat. Again, I love all the dream sequences in this. Yeah, uh, I was wondering about their Christmas music. Do you think that's only because there's a U.S. airbase there? I don't know if like other places in Japan would put up Christmas decorations in the '80s, at least. I think they might now. Yeah, know. Christmas is a, a, a much bigger holiday in Japan now. Yeah, it's a KFC holiday. KFC finagled oh. it so that they 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 convinced everyone that. That's uh, all we do on that, Christmas. That's all we do in North America is eat KFC, so everyone in Japan does it now. See, they're just turning their Christmas into our Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I got a winning can for uh, Orange Fruita, but I can't remember what winning cans were for. I know it had to do with a passport disc. No, winning can you trade in at the store. For what? And you get a ballot to do a raffle draw. Oh, really? Yep. I could have sworn it was for something on the passport disc and you had to connect to the internet to redeem something. There, yes, you can. On the passport disc, if memory serves me correctly, I think you could trade them for the uh, action figures for the like pigeons and dogs and stuff, I think, couldn't you? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I think that was it. Internet, correct me if I'm wrong. Um... Uh, on day three of work, uh, when I went home, Goro was at the bus stop. Yeah, I've seen that before. He says, I'm on patrol! <laughs> Even at the bus stop. And he, he's just emphasizing being on patrol. And I'm, I don't know. <laughs> Even happens. though he's going home. <laughs> he's patrolling the bus. Mm. There's one, one line in which he, like, he was together with Mai and he mimicked her 
I can't remember how it sounded, but it just sounded hilarious when he was doing his my voice. <laughs> uh, oh, I won uh, prize number three in the Harbor Tomato Store. I won the Afterburner tape. The soundtrack tape? Soundtrack tape. Nice. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't even think I knew that was in the game. Because <laughs> I know the, the game, like, you can play the arcade of Afterburner in the second game, but... Yeah, there's. I think the. I think all four of the uh, Yu Suzuki arcade games. Uh, the soundtrack from the first one. Nice. Um, so during my playthrough, I bought the. I bought one of the VGA boxes. So after I had completed day three of the work in Shen, like the forklift job, mm-hmm. I had this VGA box hooked up to my TV. Dreamcast looks better, so I started playing other Dreamcast games, which involves other memory cards. Yeah. So. When I went back to playing Shenmue, I turn it on, pick my save file, get up, go to work, drive the forklift, and it's day three again. And I'm like, maybe something messed up with my save file. Mm-hmm. So I do all of day three again. Get home, you know, and I thought it was like, because that's the day that you get the photo taken with Nozomi as well. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I took the one of us separate. Yeah, because you want her uh, to have one. the nice close one. Because I want her to have the nice close one. So I was like, well, if I repeated this day, if I take the other photo, am I going to get both? <laughs> so anyways, after the whole day is over, I go home, go to bed, and go to save. And uh, I notice, hey, there's three, there's two cleared files on this memory card. I put in the wrong memory card, and it happened to be the same file, happened to be one day apart. Whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> so I saved it. Immediately swapped out the memory card, did the, you know, hit the four buttons and hit start, and reset the game, and proceeded to do day four. <laughs> and I I thought I was out of my mind, because even when Mark gave me the, I know what forklifts I had to, do, had to get, because as Matt mentioned, I, you know, I'd do the thing where I tried to get all five as well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I was like, man, I know I had these certain forklifts, and... I had different ones, mm-hmm. and I had the f- cutscene with Nozomi again. And I was in my mind, I'm like, "What is wrong?" <laughs> like, and I, I think there is a glitch in the game where you, other than like the day, is it day three that you can keep repeating? Um, if you don't uh, do something after work, mm-hmm. and but I did that after work that day, and I was just in my mind, I'm, I'm think I'm going crazy and just wrong memory card. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I felt pretty dumb. Uh, but what are the coincidences that they were... One day apart? Well, technically they were the same day. I sh- mm. The new memory card would have been on the following day. Yeah. So... <laughs> I like look. I like looking at my old memory card saves. It's like a little time capsule. It's like, when was the last time I played this? And a little bit of uh, information. Uh, a couple months ago, um, I was going to a doctor's point and had a bit of time to waste beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I went to a Digital World. Shout out to Digital World. <laughs> and they had a black Sega Dreamcast, the Sega Sports one. Oh, really? And it was $60 Canadian, which is wow. a fantastic deal. So I bought it, and it came with two memory cards. Mm-hmm. And anytime I get anything with a memory card, I pop them in and see what this person was playing. Yeah. And guess what was on it? Shenmue. Shenmue. Oh, nice. And I was just I was so proud. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh. Thanks, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> Shared a moment with a complete stranger that... I'll never meet. 60 bucks, that's pretty good, though. Cause well, 60 bucks is good for a Dreamcast, let alone yeah, the Sega Sports one. Because I, I went to... Yeah, the Sega Sports one's highly in demand. I went to a convention 
uh, in the past few weeks, and uh, there's like vendors there, and one of them had a Dreamcast for 125, and I thought that was a good deal because I looked at eBay and it was like 400 bucks or whatever. And I'm, but well, yeah, 60 bucks is crazy. It's almost like something's happened that recently, like in the past year or two, mm. that's driven up the cost of Dreamcast. Something. Because something, something people might be looking for certain games <laughs> to pre, you know, play them because something else might be coming out soon. Because some company won't remaster them. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, when I got that Dreamcast, it also came with a, like a legit Sega Sports Black controller, cool. a third-party controller, and two memory cards. For wow. It was a great deal, but popped in that memory card and saw Shenmue and I was just like, Ah, oh, it warmed my heart. <laughs> it's my people. Um, <laughs> my people. <laughs> um, just an, uh, just like a weird cultural thing is like uh, maybe it's not a cultural thing, but like in the Alpha Trading office, there's like this pedestal, but it seems to be all it's for is boiling a kettle. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm talking about? I'm I like, know exactly. What you're talking I'm like about. what? There's this like wh- like chest high pedestal for boiling water. Like I've never seen anything like that, and I'm wondering if it's just like a, a weird Japanese thing that they have appliance that they have, kind of like a kotatsu, which we don't have here, which is a table with a blanket coming off the sides of it, and uh, you stick your 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 legs under it, and it's got a warmer under there. Like like they all like all the Japanese families gather around their kotatsu, you know. I think there's multiples of those in the game too. There's a kotatsu I, in the in Ryo's house actually. Is there? Yeah. But I, I mean the the pedestal with the kettle, I think there's more of them mm. in other buildings too. Yeah, there's one in the cafeteria, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um something I thought was so weird, like when you talk to Tom when you're trying to find um like the Mad Angels and stuff. Mm-hmm. Tom will give you hints. Other people will give you hints. And Rio doesn't put them in the notebook. Yeah. Why does he put in when Goro and Mai tell him that they're getting married? <laughs> why does that go in the notebook? This could be a clue. <laughs> Londi Lon might be at their wedding. <laughs> Londi's her dad. He gives her away at the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rio's the best man, and he's, he's like, I love you to talk like best man warrior. <laughs> They just battle at the wedding and ruin it for yeah. everyone. Uh, I like how there's no license required to drive this forklift, <laughs> uh, and you can like, like you can drive around with your with your cargo like up high, which you're not supposed to do and stuff. Oh yeah, and the fact that you're racing, mm-hmm. like that's a that's got to be a health and safety violation, very dangerous of some sort, you'd think. Yeah, and just on the topic of forklift racing, the pipes. At the edge of the harbor, yeah, by where the homeless man is, mm-hmm. they're strictly there. Someone was just like, "I'm gonna put these here." <laughs> Someone was having a bad day developing Shenmue and just wanted to ruin other people's days mm-hmm. by putting those little pipes there to get your forklift uh, caught up on, and you uh, don't win the race. <laughs> uh, the working man theme is uh, my cell my cell phone ringtone from the. Uh, so every time my phone rings, I just get flashbacks of driving a forklift. Uh, what ones? What like? Do 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 that one. What you what you hear while you're playing while you're driving a forklift? Yeah, that one. That's my ringtone. I found the voice actor for Mark is one of the more natural voice actors. He's still horrible, but I found he's pretty good, like compared to most of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with. He's probably one of the better ones. Mm-hmm. 
The I didn't do a whole lot of vending machine stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, on my lunch on one of the days, though, uh, it was the uh, one in the cafeteria. I bought, I think, 11 items out of it. I got four of the six of the motorcycles for Super Hang-On, and I got the gold one twice. <laughs> really? Yeah, which, I mean, there's a lot of items in that machine that you can get. Mm. And I got four out of the six of them, and then I, well, I got the gold one twice. Um, also, the gold motorcycle, if you have the Prima player's guide for the first one, yep. that's not in it. Oh, it's something they left out. It's on, it's one of the the very few mistakes in that book, hmm. if not the only. They did a, a pretty good job hmm. on that. Oh, I do have a note here about uh, Tom. Yeah, about what you were saying with the notebook not dinging. I've got Tom told told uh, told me about the motorcycle gangs beating on the homeless, and there's like no ding. And then he's like, uh, I think Honey said that Tom diffused a Mad Angel situation without using violence or something like that. There's no ding for that either. Yeah, that's well, that was one of the main ones where I thought, hey, this... Why no ding? Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- I, th- I did write one of Goro's more ridiculous quotes. I like how when you ask him about the Mad Angels, he, he tries to be... He tries to say something under his breath, but he starts out and he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, working hard, bro! <laughs> and he's like... Oh, bro, didn't I ask you not to say that so loud? <laughs> I just love Goro. I, I love the music, too, in every show. <laughs> yeah, it's like a rockabilly kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, from my other playthrough, that when I had the wrong memory card, I noticed I was missing a move scroll. Mm. Uh, so I figured it was stab armor. Went to the basement and got it. Um, if you go get the stab armor scroll after your fifth day of work, you can never learn it. Really? That's what we're talking about when you mentioned that disc three is so structured. Mm. You do not get an opportunity if you call, um, whatchamacallit? Uh, Guizhang, he actually hangs up on you. After your fifth day of working, you said? Yeah, there's no way. Well, it's basically the end of the game, isn't it? Uh, pretty much. I might have even got it on the after my fourth day of work. Mm. Um, but there's no way to. There's zero opportunity, and you have multiple encounter encounters with Guizhang, mm-hmm. and you never get to learn that move. I never. I've never translated that scroll till this time. <laughs> like I was on a forum and I heard that you could do it. Like I never called Master Chen unless the the game gave me a reason to. Like this is something you just have to call him and be like. It just happens, like, he, uh, Guizhang translates the scroll. My last playthrough that I did a couple months ago was the first time I did it, and it was, again, it was because I had read it somewhere, so I was like, mm. I think it was in the, might be the Prima Player's Guide, and, uh, I had, I don't think I'd ever had to translate it before that I can remember. Yeah. When which, I did- which is weird, because it, you're translating the other scroll, and it, like, uh, <laughs> it never occurred to me that, hey, this is, why not do this? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's good, I guess. There's some secrets in the game. Um, <laughs> it was kind of funny when I did call Guizhang, though, on the phone. It, like, it, it gave me a funny voice line. I don't know, it was, like, out of place or something. Like, I, I did the Mother's Earth, uh, Nine Dragons, all that that thing. And then... Whoa, whoa, back up. 
Mother's Earth what? I didn't say it in the right order. You did not say it in the... <laughs> Father's Heaven. Nine Dragons. Mother's Earth. <laughs> Comrades. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I did that, and uh, so they said, uh, warehouse number eight. And then Rio goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, I need to meet. <laughs> but first he went, yeah. <laughs> like all soft. <laughs> like he was talking to his lover or something. <laughs> Who answers the phone? I always thought it was Guizhang, but I don't think it is anymore. It isn't mm. because they give the that person gives the phone to Guizhang. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I think it is? Who? I think Londi might be Master <laughs> Chen's secretary. <laughs> uh. When you get home and uh, Nozomi's mom has called and Ine-san's asking about it, and then the phone rings <laughs> and Chai gets on the phone <laughs> and he says. Or I'll make her cry. Yeah, that's very nebulous. uh, (laughs) That's probably bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, How many times did it take you to get the motorcycle? To get the motorcycle? Like, to get there on the motorcycle. Oh, like the minigame? Yeah. Just once. I had about six seconds left, but... (laughs) Took me six tries. Really? <laughs> but when the when I did it, I had seven seconds left, and the other tries, I was nowhere remotely close. I think if you if you bounce off the walls, does it reduce your timer or something? It. I don't know if it reduces the timer, but it slows you down significantly. Mm. It's easier to just let off the throttle. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And it kind of plays like Hang On almost. So it, you can train for it by playing lots of Hang On. <laughs> um. I've always wondered why the music in the warehouse of Master Chen is like horror music. <laughs> it's very scary music. Yeah. Um, is the music the same when you're on the motorcycle as when you're on the motorcycle during the QTE? Um, and when you're driving around the harbor? I think it is the same. I think it might be. Have you ever heard that song? The Like the full... Like the, the one in here is like a dumbed down, like compressed... Lyricless version. Have you heard the the original? It's from. It's by a band called Loudness, who I think they also did the Joy song from Shenmue Two. But it's called Scarlet Scarlato or something. The song. Have you ever played any of the uh, THQ Aki wrestling games for the N sixty four? No. The music. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. The music is very reminiscent of those. The in-game music, like, while you're actually having a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the minute it came on, I'm like, man, that makes me want to play WWF No Mercy, the best wrestling game <laughs> on the N64. Uh, I think uh, my notes are behind yours. You're almost at the end of the game. Uh, the uh, When the old man was, when they were trying to run over the old man, and then Ryo goes to help him. I just found it weird that they're like, "All right, guy that I'm terrorizing, get on my expensive motorcycle and let's have let's play chicken." <laughs> like, what kind of thug would do that? Give their victim, you know, their expensive motorcycle. It's to drive the story along, Matt. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, if you want to keep going with a few of your points, because I'm okay. a little bit ahead of you here. Uh, I the how they describe doing moves it was always funny. Like. They, instead of saying kicks, they say leg moves. Instead of saying punches, it's hand moves. And, like, they'll be, like, for the stab armor, it's, like, one step forward, two steps back, tense limbs. Like, like if you're really instructing somebody that way, they'd be so ridiculous. I just think of that Paul Abdul song. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> one step forward, two steps back. Um... 
I remember when I was a kid playing this with my cousin Brian. When you're learning the final move from Master Chen at the end of the game. Which I just did last night and I could not do it. <laughs> you're putting too much force in your legs. You're me. And he, if you, he'll, he will keep saying that over and over and over. What was I doing wrong? Like, I tried it. I try, at first I was, like, pressing dodge and punch because he said something about arms and mo- and moving. And then he, he's like, he's like, move and arms. And then he's like, then trip or something. So I started doing dodge and punch and Rio did a little t- twisty thing and he kept doing it and then never he never said yeah that's correct and then I looked it up on the internet and it's like press uh, I think it's X, yeah. X and A or something and back and I was doing that and I just did it over and over and over and it was doing no, the same it's, it's, it's back and X and then A okay I, I thought <laughs> I tried that too but I could not get it and he's like do you want to try it again you want to try it again and I was like ah so while I was looking it up the game was just it, like he's like do you want to try it again and then after a while he, like it auto defaulted to no and anyways the game ended and I never learned that move and <laughs> Rio's like I'll practice it on my own <laughs> um Oh, one day I, I finished all my work so early that I had like an hour and a half to spare. Like I had no boxes left to move. Was it the first? I've I find the first day and the last day are the uh, days where it's easiest to like get the whole thing done. Mm. I can't remember which day it was, but yeah. Um, and I always wondered like if you don't finish on time. Um, who's the guy who has to like pick up after you, or like who's the guy who has to finish that job? Because you well, just leave it half done. Lon D works the night shift. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He'll allow you to move crates like a warrior. <laughs> um. Oh, and I like how every time you learn a move, it says "mastered," even though you just learn it. And you get the gunk really loud. <laughs> you mastered it. <laughs> gunk. It didn't take you years; it took you minutes. I, like I don't even know how they can make that gunk sound because mm. I'm pretty sure Law and Order owns the rights to it. <laughs> gunk. Uh, they're the move shadow step that the old guy teaches you. He teaches you in two sections because uh, he like the second time he adds an attack onto it. That's a good move for your R trigger because it's kind of complicated yeah. to do. Do you ever use the air trigger moves? Uh, I try. Like I always try to put a throw on them, but I he he always tries to throw people, but they're just out of range, and then I get kicked or punched or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I do it in the seventy man battle royal. I usually use one of the uh, a move that's a couple uh, like a, like a big spinning kick mm. against Pedro at the end of the game, uh, mm-hmm. or when I'm doing the seventy man battle royal. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only time I use it. Oh, and the. Uh the uh, old guy knows of Ryo's Hazuki style, so it's like revered, and Ryo seems surprised by this. Uh, oh, and he also says, the homeless guy also says that he like practices in warehouse number four, which you can go in there. Can you ever run into him in warehouse number four? I don't think you can. Yeah, I've never run into him. Um, we talked about that. There's a day when you go home and you meditate in the dojo. And there's a scene with Iwa. Mm-hmm. No, it's very. It's done like the dream sequences. Yep. And um, again, man, whoever whoever did like the cinematography on those or whatever you want to call it, did a fantastic. Are you talking about when he has the sword? I think it is when he has the sword. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
I had a friend in college who was obsessed with Nozomi. He, he was obsessed with that whole, like, Japanese girl in a sweater and a skirt stereotype. <laughs> this game just, every time I play it and I see Nozomi, it reminds me of him. Uh, he's like, oh, she's going to Canada. I want to go find her. I'm more impressed like, that she's you know not someone real. else that played Shenmue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a friend in college. Uh, do you know what happens if you don't make your quota for the, for the job? You don't get the raise. What if you move no boxes? Zero boxes. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it'll still he'll do the next day's work. <laughs> oh, uh, here's another weird, weird a uh, um, another weird voice thing that just happened. Was uh, Mark and Rio were talking about women, and then uh, Rio goes, "Mark, I'm a," and it gets cut cut off. And then at at the end of their talking, uh, or near the end, Mark said something similar. Where he's like. Rio, you're a... And then Rio cuts him off. I was like, what are they going to say? I'm a what? You're a what? And then uh, somebody calls Goro... I'm like, is Rio kind of homophobic? Because somebody calls Goro his girlfriend, and Rio gets pissed. He's like, what'd you say? (laughs) See, I'm totally under the impression that he... Like, that Rio is gay. (laughs) He might be. Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, they, like... That's another thing. In the second game, they kind of... They're not afraid to tackle issues. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the dub, they are. <laughs> yeah, in the... <laughs> yes, that, that's true. But in the original in the original version of Shenmue 2, um, they're not afraid to tackle that. So, I mean, that is a, a possibility. I don't think so, but... Mm. <laughs> someone calls Goro his girlfriend. <laughs> what the fuck did you say? <laughs> um... <laughs> All the Chinese names, they always, I always get them all mixed up. Like Yuzhunda and Moon Swoon is a place name, and Sunming Zhao, and like, I can't, they're, they're so foreign to me, these names, that I can't keep them straight usually, unless they're simple like Wong <laughs> or uh, Guizhang, just because you run into them so often. But yeah. Li Xiaotao. <laughs> yeah. Zhu Ying. Um. Something hilarious that you mentioned when he lied about seeing uh, the guy from the surplus store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you go to talk to Tom on the last day before he teaches you the move, yeah, and he gives you the hot dog or whatever, mm-hmm. you <laughs> you go and talk to the girl at the lunch counter, and she's like, "Have you seen Tom lately?" And Rio just goes. No. <laughs> After you just like literally, you I literally walked directly from Tom's hot dog stand to yeah. her lunch counter. Yeah, that's exactly what I did with. And then those he other two. goes back. You go back to uh, Tom's thing. And he teaches you the move, and you finally, even though they don't show it, you finally <laughs> take him up on the offer yeah. to eat a hot dog. Well, you're his best friend, so I thought that was weird. <laughs> You're my like one of my best friends. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They always talk about, you know, keep friends, those you love close. But who really are his friends? Mm-hmm. The guy that you interact with wants to get the motorcycle from. Mm-hmm. The guy that sells hot dogs that you don't buy. Yellow jacket guy. Yeah. And yellow jacket guy. Mm-hmm. And Nozomi, who... Yeah, he does not follow his father's last words at all. Uh... Speaking of the bike guy, like how I know about the bike now, so I know exactly where to go, but I can't remember how I ever figured that out, and I don't know how anyone would ever figure that out. 
that you have to look at this little buzzer on like in this one part of town. Like you have free reign to go all the way down to Dobuita to find how to get to the harbor when you're trying to save Nozomi. And like, how did I ever figure out that I had to talk to that, like, ring that buzzer? I don't remember either. I just went to the bus stop. They said the bus isn't running, mm. and I tried the buzzer first. Yeah, and then I even called them from the phone. And his mom said he was in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> it's like after midnight. It's like one or two, and and like Rio rings on the doorbell, and he's like fully dressed, and he's like, "Oh yeah, come on in." <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, no. He says, I need a favor. And he invites him in. Yeah. Again, insinuating. I've been waiting for this day, Rio. <laughs> this is what it's like when you join me. Well, yeah. <laughs> Want to join me in the tub? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. When you, when you do rescue Nozomi, when she sits on the bike, that is so unsafe. <laughs> Both legs over one side. Mm-hmm. Like if you just like tilt a little, she's gonna slide right off. She's sitting side saddle. Yeah, <laughs> and the music. Yeah. Oh, that song. Yeah. <laughs> Most like a lot of big budget games have like a like a Japanese pop song attached to them for some reason. I thought it was just weird that like the whole game is like this low quality compressed audio, and then that song comes on and it's crystal clear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, marketing machine behind it. Yeah, basically. Uh, I like when you punch Terry in the face. and I think it happens a few times. You hit people in the face and they start coughing. I'm like, I don't think that's what happens. <laughs> Just because you get punched in the face. I have the... Uh, <laughs> I am Sorry for the mic spike there. <laughs> It'll, uh, I have a leveling program. It'll level it out. Um... <laughs> The cheap shot you take at Terry at the end. Mm-hmm. When you just give him the spinning back fist, kind of. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He starts yeah. coughing, yeah. That's kind of edit character for Rio, but... He's pissed. He is pissed. Um, do you have any more notes about before, like, the very end of the game? Um, not really. I just... I I, I was wondering... Like, you're, he Terry tries to make you fight Guizhang, and I was like would Rio do that? And then, like, uh, he tells, he, like, whispers to him, like, pretend to lose, and then, like, their pride gets the better of them, and they actually start fighting. I thought that was a cool moment. I find that's a good a good fight sequence. Yeah. That's one of the ones I enjoy doing. Um, when you're leaving home, uh, when his hand clenches, yeah. kind of similar to when he's talking to Ine-san in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and when, that final scene, when you're leaving the, the Hazuki residence, Mm-hmm. Um, and Dobuita. Do you think when it, she it shows her by the corner of the house, do you think she kind of cracks a bit of a smile? I couldn't tell. She I might. Don't know, I don't know if she's happy that he's leaving. Like, she doesn't want him to, but she understands. <laughs> um, he, and, was, he was just going to leave without saying goodbye, too. They had to stop him. They, I noticed they do a few dolly zooms in that. Yeah. Um... Do you know what I mean by dolly zoom? Well, they do the whole like Hitchcock thing where it gets closer to him, but the background gets far away. You talking yeah, about that? Yeah. yeah, that that's a cool effect, but I don't think it fit in this in this part. I'm like, usually that's like what you do when somebody's witnessing something horrible. It's like, <laughs> but he was just walking along. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's a neat effect, but again, it just looks like the U-Arcade's chasing him down this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look what's behind him! It's a U-Arcade. Uh, I like that end cutscene though. It's it's like a nice little 
Goodbye, yeah. It's the best when it's snowing. It wasn't snowing for me this time. But. It wasn't snowing for me either. Mm-hmm. One thing I did notice, every time I came home from work, regardless of what time of day I left, when I get back to Dubuita, when I came around the corner, Santa Claus is walking down, by the, down the street towards the arcade. <laughs> yeah, every time, yeah. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what time of day, Santa was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that Guizhang was going to go with Ryo eventually, like, initially. That would have made the whole game completely different, the, the sequel. Like, well, that's what I'm wondering, though. Uh, that is my final note. Mm-hmm. Is Guizang going to meet up with you? Yeah, I don't know. It depends on how much time has passed, I guess. His leg did get crushed by a steel beam. <laughs> I don't know. He probably won't. <laughs> I think he will show up. You've got Ren. They're voiced by the same guy. <laughs> Are they? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I'd, I, uh, I think he'll show up. At some point in time, I don't know if he'll contribute a whole lot to whatever storyline, but mm. I think we'll we'll see and hear more from him. Maybe. Did you beat Chai uh, first try at the end? No, uh, second try, and it was a very long fight because yeah. I didn't build up my moves very much. Yeah, me too. Uh, this playthrough, it took me. The fight was probably like seven or eight minutes. Yeah, I had to keep running away and getting my health back. <laughs> yeah, that's one one complaint I do have about the game is when you run away. It's hard to reorient mm-hmm. uh, Rio towards whoever he's supposed to be fighting. You just gotta throw out that back kick and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he knocks Chai into the water, and we know from the comic of Shenmue Episode 2 that he comes onto the boat, and like basically the same thing happens again, doesn't he? Knocks him into the water again. It's almost the exa- I think he does the exact same move. But it's, <laughs> that's like in the middle of the ocean, so I assume Chai drowned <laughs> and died. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? A fisherman could have picked him up. Maybe. It's like the movie Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Chai floating on a raft. <laughs> Wilson! <laughs> yeah. He names his uh, volleyball Landi-sama. Um, <laughs> the, end, the end credits, that's probably one of my favorite songs on I, the soundtrack. I do like the it. The end theme. And they have somebody else read the like the prophecy. Like they have a male read the prophecy when uh, if in the attract screen where you don't press anything at the beginning, Shen Shenhua reads it. So I don't know why they had some random guy read it at the end. Because it, it's from the point. It's it's from Shenmu Shenhua's perspective too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's this random dude? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's all my notes. Maybe it's Landi. Oh jeez, he's ever allow you to narrate like a warrior <laughs> before you die. <laughs> That's all my notes. Uh, Those are all my notes uh, from the uh, disc. Uh, overall, do you like how the first one ends? Yeah, I like it. Um, like I know it's supposed to be a a um, almost like a prelude chapter. Prelude, yeah. And like, I w- I wouldn't have minded if all the games were like this, just one little bit of the story, but you know, more condensed and more intimate. Shenmue 1 is my favorite out of the two. Not by much, but it's still my favorite. Is Shenmue 1 your favorite game of all time? I'd say so, yeah. You? Um, Shenmue 1 and 2, and Ocarina Time is a fantastic game. Mm. And I have a difficult time. I care a lot more about Shenmue. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't have to wait <laughs> uh, 16 years to get Majora's Mask or any other Zelda games. 
Um, but I think I definitely care more. But Ocarina of Time is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shenmue 1 and 2, I, th- I, I would say they're my favorite games. Cool. And Shenmue 1 probably being a bit more than Shenmue 2. Anything else you want to add for this week before we get to our, our sponsor? No, just uh, next time we're going to... What are we going to do? I think we're going to do our five questions episode. Um, where we each kind of think of five questions that we'd ask either like Saga or Yu Suzuki or whoever. Um, five questions that we'd like to just get some answers to. Yep. Uh, and then I think uh, the following episode after that we're going to have a guest on. Cool. Alright. Um... So, uh, oh, and in, in between these episodes, I'm going to get you to try virtual reality so you can, uh, I, want, I want us to imagine what Shenmue and virtual reality would be like. I think that's a good episode to do, mm-hmm. um, do an episode about uh, technology <laughs> and how it affects Shenmue and the consoles it was on and where we see it going in the future. The separate episode? Yeah, I think we could do, we could get a whole episode out of it, I think. Yeah, probably a short one. And, um, yeah. Just remember to check us out on uh, uh, Facebook. We are we have a Facebook page, uh, Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Uh, we also have a Shenmue AM2 Podcast group on Facebook. Um, the admin is Rio Hazuki. It's actually me. <laughs> um, and uh, give us a review on iTunes. Yes, please give us some reviews on iTunes if you like what you see. Subscribe. Um, I think we might post some. Uh, photos and stuff on our Facebook page when we get to the episodes where we talk about our collections Mm. Um, maybe some links to some other Shenmue videos Um, but we definitely want to get a bit more active on the social media Um, our email address is ShenmueAM2Podcast at gmail.com we have received some feedback Uh, it's greatly appreciated and we have our Shenmue Dojo uh, forum uh, ShenmueAM2Podcast as well Cool. so let's get to uh, this week's sponsor so this week's Episode is brought to you by Jupiter's Jackets. Way, way better than Water Dragon Jackets. And way, way, way better than Water Dragon 2. Thanks. See you next time. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. (laughs) 